0: Welcome to the Front Porch
2: Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, November 15th, 2015. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey. I thank everybody for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe. There are two ways to be part of of the call. You can either dial in, area code 724 444 7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us on the web based text chat at talkshoe.com slash TC slash 75570. We also stream the recording session into the Repu- into the Republicans of Second Life Cafe on Cheertopia in Second Life. For more information on that, you can visit our website at frontporchtalk.net. Um there you can find all of the articles that we're going to talk about. Click on show notes. You can find information about Second Life. Click on Second Life. You can find information about participating, click on participate. And for all of the episodes of this podcast, as well as the episodes of the East Coast Conservative Podcast. Just click on uh, podcasts. Um, tonight we've got a lot to talk about, um, and and I titled the uh, the episode. If you're looking at this in your browser, I I I, I made made a word into multiple words. It's education. Um, with the events of this past week it was very difficult to to pick one area to focus on, but I felt like the education aspect was one of the biggest ones um, that, that really um, came, you know, came to the forefront of the conversation. And, and I will say this while our thoughts and prayers are with those that have been impacted by the uh, terror attacks in France, um, they are not the subject of tonight's show. Uh, the word too soon comes to mind. So, say a prayer, keep a warm thought, you know, mix a bowl of spaghetti, whatever for uh, the folks in France. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll deal with that subject when, not necessarily when it dies down, but when clearer heads are available to talk about it. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, now, for those that haven't listened to my podcast before you know uh, I, you don't know we like to start off with fun we like to start off with interesting we like to start off with different and and tonight's episode is no different um i though tonight's episode doesn't start with an article it is a um it, it is the presidential candidate that i actually like better than anybody on the gop top ticket at the moment <laughs> And and that is Ron White. Now, if you've never heard of Ron White, he is a um cocktail drinking, cigar smoking comedian from Texas. Uh he was part of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour along with um uh with Jeff Foxworthy and Bill Ingval and uh Larry the Cable Guy. He has decided that he is running for president. Now I, I get it. He's he's not going to get a, a, a huge following. But, you know, he's got some interesting ideas. I, I like his idea for, you know, the war on drugs and, you know, supporting injured service members. Unfortunately, those are the only two issues that he's posted anything about at this point. But uh, I already like him better than any of the other, other uh, um, top tier candidates. So, you know, he's, you know, a long shot. What can I say? That's that's kind of where he is. Now, last week's episode we ended with the article with the real article that we're starting on tonight. And I uh, I will say this, we 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 probably need to do a reset on this article. And and Larry, you you're the one that actually brought this one up. Um I'm Hoping you're back to your microphone at this point. But uh, um, that is the article that disruptive students hurt high achievers most. And basically, we're talking about uh, um, the article on Bloomberg View starts off that low low income strivers, impoverished families who, who follow the rules and work hard to climb the ladder to the middle class may be the most underserved population in America today. Um, especially when you look at education reform. Um, I noticed this article and in, in, in a lot of the conversation about issues when it comes to education specifically focus on urban areas, and, and, and that's very easy to do. Um, you know, I talk about the Buffalo Public Schools on this show a lot uh, and the foibles and failures that they've experienced. Uh, this this article kind of goes along the same line as that. Um, you know, Larry, do you want to jump in on this or anybody? I think he might not be back. I don't think he's back. Um, okay.
3: I'm going to jump in on. this.
2: Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Joseph.
3: I was in the school system for about three years, three and a half years, almost four years, and being in that classroom setting you see there are kids that are trying, then there are the kids that don't care. That, And you break that down to what do the parents think? There are parents that are pushing their children to succeed, and there are parents that are pushing their children to do nothing. I'm and back. what you have in the classroom at this point is you really have a, a classroom divided into the ones who want to learn and the ones who do not care, that they're there for recess and lunch, and that's it. The unfortunate thing is, We do have a problem in the school system, and it's the parents. It's not as much the teacher's fault, because the teachers could only do certain things. The teacher can only teach. They cannot make the student learn. And, of course, we judge teachers or the success of a school by the rate of pass or fail, be it with standardized tests or just by grades. But it goes back to what the parents are doing. If the parents are pushing their child to learn, get good education, and become better than themselves, that's great. But you have a lot of parents in this country who have children and do not care if they learn their ABCs or one two threes. And those are the ones that are usually disruptive to the classroom. And they're hurting other students because, one, they don't want to be there. They're forced to be there because the state mandates it. So they're going to kill time whatever way they can, be it disrupting the classroom, sleeping, or just doing God knows what. Now, it's not just a urban problem. It's not a suburban problem. It is a nationwide problem. In most classrooms in public education, you're going to have one or two problem students. That's a gimme.
2: Well, I think think it's not one or two. I think it's a percentage based on I think there is um, kind of an impact factor, um, depending on you know the in depending on the environment. You know, the, you
3: also have you also have to factor in inclusion. Now, for those who don't know what inclusion is, about 15 years ago, uh, actually 20, closer to 20 now, the federal government decided that we are not going to exclude special education students from regular education. So you have classrooms that have paraprofessionals who will literally sit with a student or sit with students who are considered special ed mm-hmm. inside of a regular classroom. Right. Now, those children who are special ed who may have severe learning disabilities to um, very mild learning disabilities, they would, in a lot of cases, act out because they're not getting the same treatment as they were getting 30 years ago. But you're trying to teach a classroom of students when you have a percentile of that classroom which are considered special ed.
2: Right. Now, I'm going to stop you, Joseph, because you know, I'm, I, and, and I, I'm just going to uh, add in on this. Um, my son is is self-contained, special ed, but then pulls out to an inclusion classroom for uh for let's see math and ELA. It's no longer English and reading or whatever. It's called ELA in New York State. So um it, the the concept of the inclusion classroom, I that's not I mean that's that is part of the special education spending. Um a lot of what I see as these issues it has to do more with you know the efforts to reduce truancy, the efforts to reduce in-school suspension, or you know, it, it, you know, students getting expelled. You know, lowering the punishment for being a bad kid. You know, we, that that has nothing to do with whether they're special ed or not. Um, okay,
3: you're right on that.
2: You know, so so while while what we're what you're talking about is absolutely on on track, you know, it's also the problem that i see with the schools and and this is something that we have talked about before is there i hate using this as the example it's the one that the numbers are readily available to my head buffalo city schools has a large you know it has you know there are a number of different high schools middle schools elementary schools and it is forced bussing or it is bu- a, a bused school district but you have an overall graduation rate of 55%. And that's an improvement. And you sit and you look at a school district like that and say, what, you know, what's going on? I mean, they're, they're, when numbers like 75% of the students missed more than, I think it's either 45 or 60 days of school in the last school year. That is, you know, and and I'll, Say what uh, Toucan said here. You know, parental supervision at home. Um, you know, you've also got money that was that had to be pulled out of other programs, be it sports, be it music, be it art, and had to be spent on you know various other programs. Um, some of them things like the inclusion program. You know, so there's there's not as much for the kids to do. It, it, there's, um, you know, it, the article talks about you know doing things like prioritizing the needs of low-income students who demonstrate the aptitude to achieve at high levels and a willingness to work hard. You know, basically, the 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 my read on the brunt of this article is that it is talking about what's happening to the kids that are. In a situation like a Buffalo Public Schools, they're good students. They've got a, a willingness and a desire to succeed and pull themselves out of a low-income situation. And,
3: let's, let's take an example from the presidential race right now. Okay. Ben Carson grew up in Detroit, a horrible section of Detroit. Lots of poverty, lots of despair. And what he ended up doing was he rose up against all odds and became one of the, the greatest neurosurgeons who has ever walked the face of the earth. It wasn't because the school system that he was in was one of the best in the country. It was because his mother pushed him to become something better than his environment. I can almost promise you that the people, some of the people that are living, that lived in the same area as Dr. Carson. Are still living in that area, still in poverty, and were classmates of a of a world famous brain surgeon. Now, this example, it's because of his mother, it's because of the parental supervision that he was able to achieve a higher level than was thought. And it goes back to what I said originally: it's the parents. If you have good parents, you will have a good school.
2: No, and and now, and I can't I can't disagree with that. And and you know. Part of the reason that I don't disagree with it is because if it were there's a fixed percentage of students in each school district that are going to be, quote unquote, bad kids, they're going to be truants, they're going to be, you know, they're going to, you know, do whatever, then, you know, the numbers that you would see would average, would be average across the board. They're not.
3: Um, Well, think think of it like this. Statistically speaking, your child would be, would in all likelihood be a problem child in the classroom.
2: If I wasn't doing my if I wasn't doing my job, my child would be a problem child in the classroom. If you weren't doing your
3: job, and if your wife were not doing her job as parent, mm-hmm. your child would more than likely be a problem child in the classroom. But since y'all have taken the initiative and decided that this child will get an education no matter what difficulties he may face, he has he is a good student, correct?
2: Oh yeah. When he he's yes, I'll put an asterisk on that because he's lear, having to learn organization to get ready to go to middle school. But that's a different story. But um, well,
3: that's that's a that's a different situation yeah. that, he's, that he's facing right
2: now. It's it sounds like but, Larry's back. So let's let's he's the one that brought this up originally, and um, sounds like you're back. So do you want to go ahead and jump in on that?
0: Well, I actually I thought it had almost nothing to do with the direction of uh, your your thoughts have gone. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm, I, I'm gathering my thoughts okay. here. Um, strivers and achievers in our culture are called geeks or nerds or just awkward. And our culture generally has dissed strivers and achievers for a very long time. Um, my exhibit A with that would be the program of Happy Days. Who was the hero? The cool dude. The fun. The Fonz, (laughs) you know, and they they sort of mellowed him as time went on. But he started out basically just an asshole in a greaser jacket. Uh, But he was the hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, Within that background, so-called low-income strivers, uh, which is probably a euphemism for minority. They're called Uncle Toms or Oreos. They're white on the inside, black on the outside. They're accused of betraying their heritage as if failure was a necessary part of the heritage being disruptive is claimed as a right that should not be deprived that if 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 you punish a child for being disruptive in class that somehow you're you're oppressing the kid and the kid isn't being allowed to express themselves and a lot a lot of other politically correct nonsense the Mistake we have been making ever since I was a kid and probably before that is the difference between, let's call it moral obligations and, and just return on investment. There is this sense somehow that poorly performing kids need all of the help that we can pay for and well-performing kids somehow are abnormal. And very frankly, this is from my youth. This, this, I, I had to grow up with this. Uh, I came from the wrong side of the tracks, a very blue collar family, and I was the weird one. Everybody looked at me odd because a, I turned Republican when I was about 12 years old. Uh, you, you know, I, I actually wanted to study hard, and and I had completely different goals in my life. From all the rest of my uncles and cousins and everybody else um, and, and and bas you know I, I think there was a family movement to disown me, but somehow it didn't it didn't get traction yeah uh, within that same backdrop, you add the fact that the the liberal media now has been amplifying that whole mystique about achievement is somehow. Um, all you really want to do is get up into the one percent, so you can oppress everybody else. I mean, I, I mean, the, uh, Joseph mentioned Carson. I mean, look how they're treating him. Mm-hmm. Here's this black guy from Detroit who turned out to be brilliant and is a world famous neurosurgeon. He cuts Siamese twins in half and they both live. I mean, it, he is a marvel of human achievement, mm-hmm. and and he is. Ridiculed for.
2: Oh yeah, they so, they are you know they they dig hard because he hasn't done anything for them to dig easy on. I mean the the the, the things that he has.
0: If he was a Democrat, they'd think he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we're talking about his political
4: lean,
1: leanings, not mm-hmm. his achievements. So people not liking him because of his political leanings. I mean
0: that's kind of now, natural. Nash, uh, here, 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 here's the question I'm trying building up to it. I'm proposing that we need to do a return on investment analysis on who we're going to invest in. Should should we have invested everything we could find in guys like Carson, or should we invest money like they apparently are in the girl who refused to get off of her damn cell phone in class and wound up with getting that officer uh, kicked, uh, kicked out of uh, uniform?
1: Well, that you officer kicked out of <laughs> uniform.
0: <laughs> what? Okay. That she got him kicked out of uniform? Okay. Well, I mean, she, she picked no, him it's off. He got so upset that, in fact, he lost it, and so he got himself kicked out of uniform. But it was her disruptive actions, her refusal to comply with the, the rules that, that caused him to lose his cool.
4: Yeah, I, I've worked with teenagers before. That's kind of something that happens. Uh, but, but you, with can't, you
0: can't just say it's something that happens. Well, if we, we don't let you finish talking, I
4: won't like and have <laughs> Well, I've worked with teenagers, and you're going to meet some difficult teenagers. That's the reality of it.
0: Uh, you used- I mean, I'm not knocking difficult teenagers. I'm knocking. A- I'm knocking. Okay, but if the- you
4: don't let me finish talking, then I can never get appointed.
0: All right, I'll shut up.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've worked with difficult teenagers before. You're going to see things like that. It happens. But you as an adult, you have to keep your composure. And also, your position kind of uh, requires more than what that guy showed. As far as Ben Carson, just like any other group, if you have a group who doesn't think somebody's for their political interest, they're not going to take a liking to that guy. What's the guy, the the race guy, the white guy, Tim Wise? If Tim Wise was running as a Democrat, do you think a lot of white people would be behind that guy? No. No. They wouldn't like him because of the things that he says about white people. Like that's that's not a shocking thing that that a lot of black people aren't behind Ben Carson
0: uh, politically. He's not on the same wavelength as the majority of our people are. I'm, I'm not so, talking. About, I mean, I'm not talking about the political problem. I'm talking about what happened in school. The only reason Carson made it was because of his mother. The well, school
4: didn't do crap much much deeper than that. We we got to stop this so we're going to give one person credit. If you got somebody who is in a bad school like that in a bad situation like that, you're talking about mothers, uncles, brothers, sisters. You're talking about a whole lot of people that contribute to that vessel that is you, that makes you uh, something exceptional. Like this, this whole notion that, well, if they had a good parent, it's like, nah, man, it takes a lot of people who give you a positive experience and give you something to kind of move on with in your life for you to be, uh, be somewhat of a success. Um, as far as that nerd thing, as far as schools go in America, you got to understand one thing, man. There's education as far as what we know and what we can learn, and then there's the social education. And a lot of times, kids who advance education-wise early, they're usually lacking socially. So when they're lacking socially, they're going to be the butt of jokes. Uh, if they teach you about your glasses, if you didn't have glasses, it would be something else. If you're awkward socially, that's what kids are going to do. Kids are cruel. Kids are, and that goes to every demographic you want to go to.
2: Kids are kids are, kids are are evil sometimes. Kids are very <laughs> evil sometimes.
0: Yeah. Now, um, I, I'm not talking about the kids. I'm talking about we've got a limited pot of money. We don't have an unlimited amount of money. And we, we have to decide what we're going to spend that money on. Now, you tell me whether we should be spending our money on the girl who refused to put her cell phone away or Ben Carson when he was a young person.
1: Well, I, think we,
4: we a, we, I think we in a democratic Republic, you spend the money on the children. I don't think you set up a special class of kids who should get the money spent on them. Uh, that's kind of the model that we have going on right now. We no, yeah. It, it's that. not the model. The model is the, 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 the kids i'll put it to you like this i'm in atlanta you go 95 percent of the kids are on free lunch in public schools we also have woodward academy and a few other academies here where those kids have ipads and these other kids have old textbooks so you can look at that starting early on and see who not only is going to have the advantage but who's going to be ready when it's time to go to college so there's already different tiers of education going on but the idea that we're going to just say okay to hell with these people over here, and we're going to prepare everybody else to get ready. Uh, why Why do places like these small Asian countries whose education is really regimented, really old school discipline, why do they do pretty well? Why do the people from the West Indies who have that old British who Because well?
0: they identify those who are gifted. And they feed they them not, everything they can. They
4: they do not. They treat everybody as a moving part in the machine. Like there's no personality. I, I to think it. you should go it's live really there.
0: Cold. I think you should go live there, Naj.
1: Okay, man. Go ahead, I man. mean, they
0: they pull you out, and, yes. and, and and you wind up getting directed toward advanced learning and teaching, and uh, it, it's it's just not like the United States. If you if you show signs of being gifted. It makes no difference what color you are or or how much money you got. You get on the fast track because they recognize that you will pay back to that country a hundredfold.
4: That happens here already. Like you're you're advocating something that already goes on. Like if you're a gifted child, usually you're going to be moved up or you're going to be put in college prep classes. No. But those classes are very small. And if we're talking about that small percentage, we're actually not really talking about the education system in America because the majority aren't going to be in those classes. So I,
3: I, I, I don't give a chance. Okay. All right. I can tell you the difference between the other countries you're mentioning
1: mm.
3: and our country. All those other countries have polit, don't, do not have political parties that need and feed off the dependency of the people. Here we know, go. Here we go. No matter what the topic no. is, you're going to turn this
4: into the no, democratic plantation gonna, no. conversation. I no. Hey, no. didn't. No, I in mean, you, China, said it, you You said, you said it over, the, over 20 in times. China, since I called
3: this show. In China, you have a one party rule, and they'll pick out the gifted, and they will get them the fast track to whatever. In Europe, you have pretty much a one kind of party rule. You have a social. You you pretty much have social. social I'm sorry. Socialist democracies, and they will pick out the best, and will give them the best of everything because they need. People in industry, they need the smartest of the smart to achieve. In our country, unfortunately, we have a political party who says, you're a victim. And as a victim, I'm going to treat you like a victim. And if you achieve anything and you're not supposed to, we're going to call you the lowest names in the book, and we will not give a damn about you. Quick question. Have you ever worked in the school system? Yes, I have. I worked in the school system what for four years. Great primary. I taught K through 4.
4: Okay, within K through 4, uh, especially 4th grade, you didn't see them start uh, navigating and moving kids towards magnet schools and other things.
3: Unfortunately, you didn't my, see that. my parish did not have a magnet school. Yeah, yeah and that's
2: and that's something that, that, that <laughs> like, this makes already this... Hold on, hold on. So hold on. This, gotta, guys, guys, we've got other articles and I want to move on to them. What, what you're talking about, Naj... Uh, is is going to be a different experience because one of the things that the top-down-driven concepts have failed, whether you talk about No Child Left Behind, whether you talk about Race to the Top, whether you talk about, um, you know, the, using the California Assessment Test and the uh, TSAT, or, or whether you talk about Common Core even, is that each state, and, and, and even each county is going to have a different different set of characteristics, even within each state. So you mentioned Naj, you know, that they that they start putting them in college prep classes. The closest thing that school that that the schools in this area that I live in have is if you're in eighth grade, if you're going into eighth grade and your math and science scores are above a certain percentage, then you can start taking a ninth grade You can you can take algebra one and you can take earth science. You skip the eighth grade for math and science and it's it's not pushed. It's not required. As a matter of fact, it it becomes damn near impossible to succeed even for smart kids that have good, well engaged parents. There are other school districts in other states and other counties that have AP classes that are not, oh, let's skip a grade and just review. You've got every different area has a, has a different implementation of education. And either you acknowledge that and figure out ways to provide generalized levels, or you allow for true local control of the schools, Yeah,
4: I I, I just want to add just something real quick. Just just understand our biggest problem in education is the banking style of the way we do it. Uh, We fill kids with dates. We fill kids with uh, different so-called important things that they need to memorize, and they need to be be able to repeat those things back to us. So we kind of bank things into them, and then they just repeat them, Uh, as opposed to critical thinking, uh, critical learning, figuring out things on their own. How do you – Develop an argument. How do you develop uh, a way of thought? Like those are the things that we're actually missing, and this banking style that we bought into a long, long time ago. Uh, the things you just listed, right to the top, and, and no child left behind. Those are concepts brought by someone every four to five years, where they come in, we're going to do this sweeping change. We got the program. This is it. And then after that fails, somebody else comes in with another one in four or five mm-hmm. years. This has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. Hold on and to kind of display it that way means that you're too biased to really look at the, look at the whole situation
2: well and the, you know the, the the interesting thing is and I'm going to tag this on and then I want to go to the next article um I'm going to tag this on to what Joseph said is the more that I watch the media the more that I watch things going on um the the concept of you know needing a you know relying on a set group of voters watching this election cycle has has kind of made it kind of interesting to predict okay trump's going after this set of victims the you know the business class of victims you know carson's going after this group you know you know clinton's going after this group and bernie sanders is going after this group and it's 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 interesting because each of the campaigners and those those aren't really called victims those are called constituent groups um, so it's it's i just wanted to tag that on and we i do want to go to the next article because we're talking about education we're talking about learning things we want to we, we talk about indoctrinating and critical thinking and and in an english class in cedarville new jersey Uh, There was an 8th grade homework assignment. Um, This was in an English language arts, ELA class at Powell Elementary, which I guess 8th grade in New Jersey is considered part of elementary school, asked the child to write about a scenario. That scenario was that you're going to imagine that you went to a party, had a little bit too much to drink, had sex with a stranger, woke up, didn't remember what happened and ended up getting herpes from, from your one night stand. <laughs> what? <laughs> this yes. This was the scenario that eighth grade English students were asked to write about.
4: Yeah, that's that's an interesting scared street uh type of approach to talking about sex and partying and drugs for kids. Yeah, that that's kind of
0: ridiculous, man.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Well, I I suspect that the mother that they're talking about in this article had a slightly different interpretation of it because I I agree with you. To me, this sounds kind of sounds like a scared straight style. You know what? Maybe you want to think about doing these kind of things before you actually do them. But from from what this mother is saying in this article, I think she thinks they're trying to say go out and do this, it says uh you know, we should instead be questioning why an assignment like this has been handed out in the first place these educators don't realize the psychological damage they're doing to these young minds by presenting this scenario as normal it's like i don't think they are presenting it as normal no but reading this article oh
2: i, I was i was going to say this apparently is is tied to a book that is the seven high, eff, the seven
1: habits of highly
2: effective teens not a book I've read, yeah. not a book I've heard of, but
1: uh, All right.
2: not sure. Go ahead. Sorry,
1: I've heard of similarly titled books, but now when I read this book, I thought to myself: on the one hand, if if I had had this assignment when I was in eighth grade, I would have found it creepy as hell, and and I think a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. But I also think that this mother's kind of overreacting from her her reaction. I don't think this this is some sort of plot to normalize sex and alcohol and all that and say, hey, go out and party all night long. Like this mother, I, but it's the impression that I'm getting from this article that that's what she's saying.
0: Well, but I, I, I think we got kind of an acorn and chicken problem. The mother that we're talking about says that it's because of stuff like this, that we have kids having sex at a younger and younger age And getting STDs. Uh, The approach that TOA is taking, which frankly is one closer to where I come from, is kids are having sex at a younger and younger age, and maybe it's because of TV or the internet or lack of supervision at home or whatever reason, but they're having them, and they are getting STDs, lots of it. Uh, Well, Well, let me finish. So, so this, in that sense, is a an attempt. To deal with the problem, so it, uh, is the problem the the lesson plan, or is the problem that all these kids in front of that eighth grade teacher are having sex and getting STDs, and this is attempt an attempt to do something about it? I tend to lean toward the second answer. This is an attempt by that teacher to do something a problem that she is she or he is faced with every day. Okay, that's all I. I, have to say. Yeah, I
4: the think culture we, is bad. Up, kids are having sex a lot quicker than we did way back in the day. They know a lot more. They've actually seen porn at an age where us, where most of us were looking at a scrambler on a television. That was all we got to see. Uh, They've actually seen it. And then they've actually experienced it at a younger age. So the proper thing to do would be education. And we're talking about education about drugs, about sex and everything, but it has to be someone qualified to do it. This person, like this is a clumsy, awkward way to introduce anything and, if she, if she or he thinks this is going to stop kids or deter kids from having sex, uh, they're not really realistic. Like this is a this is a totally different time, and and things just are a little sped up, man. Like kids are having sex at that age. Well, and
2: and, and I I don't I don't deny that kids are having sex that early. Um, now, are they going out, getting hammered, and having a one night stand and catching herpes? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. You know that's that. You know it, it. You know you talked when we were talking about the previous article about critical thinking. Um, this would be I, I'm pretty pretty certain would be a critical thinking type
1: assignment. And um, I, I think that's exactly what it is. In fact, I, I I think sex may not have as much to do with this as as uh, people think. I think it's it's more a case of well we we saw the magic three-letter word and so everyone's losing their mind over it, but what if the assignment had instead been, you go out to a party, you get a little drunk, you drive home, you wrap your car around a tree, now you're in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. It's it's the same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Your your actions have consequences. Think about those consequences before you do the action. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I like to quantify something. Okay. The age that people are having sex nowadays is is only relative to our modern ideal of civilization. If you go back in history, people were having sex as soon as they realized that their private parts were functional. (laughs) Yeah. Now, and I'm sure Larry will attest to this, if you look in the Bible, and Bible scholars will probably agree with this, that Mary was a teenage mother to Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. A, a young teenage mother to Jesus at that, but it was not the. It was not an exception. It was pretty much the rule. And you go back through history, even to pre-mandays, what we. Think it, of as, it was. It
0: was common for young girls to be betrothed well but, in advance of puberty, and as soon as they got through puberty, uh, by some narrow definition, uh, they were married, and they became sexually active whether they wanted to or not. So what Joseph is saying is absolutely correct.
4: Yeah, you now, can go to early well, America. Well, there was a lady, Peggy Newman, had a book, The Way We Never Were. Uh, their age of consent was as low as 13. There was um, marriages between grown men and, and girls at, at the age of 14 to
0: 15.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, and well, The only reason was right, is that they had
0: passed through puberty. Yeah.
3: Well, really, if you look at the way our sex laws in this country are written, They've only been instilled maybe 125 years ago.
0: But, you know, it, I think if we can say with with a certain amount of straight face that we're better than that, we're better than we used to be, and, and, and we are not. And
4: yeah, we, have, we have a longer timeline as well. Think about it. If you thought you were going to die at
0: 40 back then, mm-hmm. for
4: 40 you were lucky. So, I mean.
0: It would have made sense. If you There is mind. concern that we're slipping back into the old ways, and the old ways weren't good. So I think now, the concern is a valid concern. Just because we're, you know, it used to be much, much worse doesn't in any way affect that we have justifiable concern today. Yeah.
3: You also couple that with <clears> the <throat> drinking age. The modern drinking age is 21. Well, 150 years ago, the modern drinking age was were well, you old enough to reach the bar.
1: <laughs> it's true. And
3: that comes with the fact that until Louis Pasteur, the water was unsafe to drink. So you drank beer or you drank wine or you drank spirits, depending on what area of the world you were living in. Yep. And it would, be, it would not be uncommon for someone who is uh, 13, which is the usual age for an 8th grader, to go out, get drunk, and have sex. In the 1700s, that was probably as common as rain is today. In our modern culture, we have progressed that we are...
0: Except in in Ireland. Ireland. Except (laughs) in Ireland,
3: of course. But Ireland, living in the 1700s anyway. But but I, I, I digress. We, as modern humans, have progressed past the need for the basic human instincts of sexual reproduction and getting drunk every Friday night, unless you live in Arkansas.
2: Then it's ever named it's
3: I can understand this being a, this assignment being for a junior in high school, junior or senior in high school, or even a freshman college student. As far as an eighth grader is concerned, I think that's too young because of the way the modern culture has developed. Well and, and, and,
0: and what the average age of first sexual contact is in the United States?
3: Probably fifteen or sixteen.
0: It's early. Nine, seven, seven, eight, eight, eight. Eight. It's early seventeen. That's the average. Okay. Hmm. Rec- rec- recognize that that means fifty percent of them are less than that. And the other, the other thing, uh, thing if you're going to wait until freshman in, hop- in college. You missed the boat. The
1: other thing to remember is it, it doesn't matter whether you like to think about it or not. There are a lot of eighth graders out there thinking a lot about sex because that is the age when that starts. Yep.
3: You're so, right. It starts in sixth grade because I taught sixth graders before.
1: The hormones oh, yeah.
3: start kicking in as soon as the hormones start kicking in, and you see your classmates starting to change and develop and becoming women or men, whatever.
4: And you start the catching them in the
3: hallways and catching them in the bathrooms, having to break it up. And yeah. those primal instincts, because we are animals, no matter how much how much uh, you say you're not, we are animals, and we do have those urges. And those urges start about sixth grade, maybe a little younger, depending on. How much chicken you had as a child?
0: It depends on the kid. I mean, <laughs> it all depends. But for the yeah.
3: most part, but, but, but
4: that's, that's, why know, that's why I'm saying you have to advance education in this. As far as drugs, what dosage uh, is is safe to take? What drugs you cannot mix with alcohol? What drugs you can't mix with other drugs? Hey. The kids need to need to have Here's a guide uh, living in the modern world. If we think we can just send them out there blind, they're going to go out there and make the same mistakes we did and test everything and make bad choices. Like all of these things need to be stopped at the head, at least give them information before they get out there.
2: Yeah, but here's here's the problem, Naj. um, Adults don't know that, or adults purposefully ignore that. I mean, you see people all the time that – are on a variety of medications, whether it be for mental or physical or physiological issues, and they go out and drink all the time. And it says, big as day on the medication. Do not drink or do not drink in excess. It's kind of like you're sitting I'm watching the commercials for Cialis because I happen to be watching the Science Channel. The Cialis commercial comes on and it says, do not drink alcohol in excess. Dude, if you're going out, Taking take a pill to, to to be able to enjoy the after after effects of the night. Why aren't you going to have a couple of uh, have a little bit to drink? Maybe a little bit more than what the doctors say in excess. So,
4: I, I, and we I, almost saw the basketball player Lamar Odom die recently exactly. from mixing things like that. So I mean that's the exactly. danger that we're dealing with, and we're either going to inform these kids about it or we're not. But I think we really should because it's going to be done anyway. And we had this thing, especially with with men, and I saw this a lot in the school. We had this thing where we think all of our daughters are these innocent angels who would never yeah. <laughs> do anything, and it's hard to get it's hard to reach people when they're thinking in the clouds like yeah. that about what their daughter might be doing. Oh yeah,
2: I know, I know, and I've got I've got like a th- I've got a thirteen year old daughter. <laughs> I'm.
3: I to like yeah. six done. Well, yeah, actually,
4: I, I, I want to
2: get to the next article, so let's 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 move it along here. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and. Finish up your thought? It's, it's
3: your move, hat. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll finish up. Yeah. Your first two years of college, your first real taste of freedom, you're considered an adult, you're away from your parents. What happens usually your first two semesters, your freshman year, you go out and party, you do things that you wouldn't have done under your parents' supervision, and what ends up happening is you get either... And, and statistically, school,
0: you've been having sex for several years.
3: Well, even if you yeah. haven't been having sex for for several years... You have that first taste of freedom, and you really don't know what to anticipate with that emancipation. So you do things that are stupid. You hear about this about once a week on a college campus that something has happened on a campus where kids, young adults, what have you, have done something stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's in the media because it's, it, if it bleeds, it bleeds. Yeah. But it's, and I, it, the idea is that you have young adults who are not – ready to be adults thrown into an adult situation.
2: Well, and that's, that's true. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up what you're saying. I'm I'm going to throw out a phrase that nobody's uh, that I had never heard until, um, my neighbor's kids went off to college and that they came back with the freshman five. That's the extra five pounds they get because they're making dumb choices on what they're eating. Um, those, those choices can absolutely be extended um but, but you said something you know the they're 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 not ready to make decisions or they're 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 not prepared to make the decisions sometimes adults aren't prepared to make right decisions or 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 smart ones and and that's why I wanted to get to this next article um and, and this is a weird one only because um it's it's one where i agree with the person that's suing um a uh, Uh, 23-year-old cosmetology student Megan Taylor and her best friend, who is also black, they are both transgender, checked into a Drury Inn in West Des Moines, Iowa. The two were traveling from Illinois to Kansas City for a funeral. Um, And upon seeing the identification, which lists the sex assigned at birth, um, the hotel staff decided to make their stay uh, unenjoyable, including a call to the police, uh, which said that there were two men dressed like women engaging in sex work. The police arrived at the hotel the next morning, went through her purse, found the hormones prescribed um, for her gender dysphoria, arrested her for not having the prescription on hand. She spent... um, The charges were dismissed, but she spent, I believe, a few days in jail. jail.
0: Five days.
2: Five days in jail. Um, She has since filed suit against Drury Inn, and I believe not against the town or the police department. um, Because the police department apparently treated her better than the Drury Inn did.
4: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and and you could tie this to that Apple case in Australia where those kids came in and the guy accused them or uh, well, told them basically he didn't want them in there because they would steal. These huge brands and huge corporations, sometimes when you hire people at the lowest level, they can actually ruin your brand by their stupid decisions or their prejudices that they bring to your job. And that's got to be a scary thing. If, if you own a jewelry end, you're sitting there like, what, what, what do you mean they did what? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is crazy. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, this, yeah. I mean, I she's suing Drury in because of, you know, that was where she was, um, Yeah, you know, where. <laughs>
4: yeah, but I'm just saying, you're talking about an employee who can actually ruin your brand because they're stupid. Yes. Or prejudiced or whatever it is. And they're doing this to these kids. Yes.
0: Like, there's, let, me, there's, let me tell you guys a story. Shortly after I started my company, uh, we were getting consulting contracts to run tests on the transportation of perishable products in refrigerated containers. And at that time, and still today, one of the major ports on the West coast for oranges and apples and lettuce and all that to be exported was Oakland. So um, my 19 year old daughter who at that time was hot, let's just say that. I mean, she, she would run 10 or 15 miles and she looked like she could do it. Anyways, uh we had some test loads in, in the port, and it, about every six or eight hours, you had to go down there and make sure the computer was running and make sure all the sensors were still sensing and all that stuff. And, and this would go on for a couple of weeks. And I had her in the Hyatt Regency in Oakland. Okay? Now, here she is, young girl, three times a day, leaving in her work clothes, and coming back a couple of hours later, looking very tired and going about her business. One day she comes back and her key doesn't work, and she comes down in the lobby and they point to her bags and say, "Get out." Uh, so I get this phone call with her blubbering and screaming and weeping. You know what's, what, what did I do? So I talked to the the uh, person at the desk who is quite rude to me. And then I talked to the manager who is absolutely dismissive and rude to me. And um, I finally had somebody from my bank call a branch manager in the bank in Oakland who called the wackos at the Hyatt Regency and said, you made a big mistake. So they gave her a big bouquet of flowers and put her, her clothes back in her room. Now. I mean, it,
2: <laughs> did, did they accuse it, her of, it, of pulling when, a
0: pretty woman? Huh? Did they
2: accuse her of pulling a pretty woman?
0: Well, they were very explicit about it. They said she was a whore, and, uh, and she was she was going out to work at night. And she explained, "I go down and I we're running these tests. I go down, and look at the computer. You know, and, oh, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, this was in the days when the when the most advanced computer was the Apple." Uh, and, and so people were kind of doubtful of computers in com- containers at the time but the point is what, what what Naj said is is actually accurate when it all cleared out a lot of people got a lot of lumps on their head at the Hyatt Regency Oakland
2: mm-hmm.
0: because of because they really didn't check across uh, their, their and dot their eyes before they did it. yeah they you know they just reacted um well so I mean I, I agree with you. She's she's got a case. She's got a good case. Uh the people who did this should be fired, but we got to remember this is Iowa. Well, there's I mean, no, I, there's, there's something bigger here. Yeah,
2: but but I I will I do want to throw out there it, it is a strange day and an interesting situation when when we're when we're talking about a black transgender woman and we know that the people that they're suing deserve to be sued for what they did.
0: It's an unusual twist.
2: It is, but it's absolutely accurate because you're right. Naj one person or one group of people tarnished the Drury Inn's name. Go ahead. Toa. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. There's, there's something bigger here. And I would say that I, while I will agree that the people at the Drury Inn the way they did it is obviously stupid but I think there were other things at work here. The fact is, if she, if if the woman in question had actually been a hooker and the cops found out she was working out of there, there is a very real chance they could have taken the hotel. And that's something that, that hotel owners have to be worried about now. We, as a country, have lost our collective mind over prostitution and think it's the worst thing ever. And we'll go to it it's like it is the new drug war that was the the cover story on reason a couple of months ago the war on prostitution is the new drug war right
2: they they're now calling it and, they're not, they're now calling it um uh sex slaves yeah. which is which that, is two completely different like things
1: yeah but the the point is you have to keep in mind in their minds like if if it turned out she actually was a hooker mm-hmm. it could literally cost them the hotel
2: yeah yeah, if, if they allowed it, or if they didn't report it.
4: Um, yeah. But what's more likely, though, the fact that they just looked at these people, didn't like them, thought they were strange, and thought that they would mess with them for oh, the I'm night, or well, that I, they were
1: I'm worried about, about the that's, company's that's, bottom that's, line. That's, like. I, <laughs> I'm sure that there was a lot of biases going into that decision. Yeah, But I'm just yeah. saying that it, it is a decision that was forced upon them by the government.
4: Okay. So I, I say, very I say much. call the manager who's ever qualified to actually assess the situation, and don't have Jimbo in engineering <laughs> and engineering uh, and Rod and housekeeping making those decisions. Yeah.
1: Well, does does the article say who made the decision? Maybe it was the manager. <laughs>
4: um. Is yeah,
2: um, it possible? Um. It all it says is staff at the hotel called the police after checking the friends in. Um. Yeah. You know, so yeah that's that that's as far as it goes um anyway well we're we're out of time there was there were other articles that I wanted to get to unfortunately you know some that's the nature of this show um for the for the stories that we didn't talk about if you want to read them go to the website at frontporchtalk.net there's links on there um go to show notes if if it's not the most recent one um Definitely some interesting things that have happened this week, and uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Thanks for everybody for showing up at Um and in Second Life. If you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. If you didn't like what you heard, you know what? We'll still invite you to join us next week where you will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Good night, Chuck.